There we go. All right. So we haven't done a show since the season started. Apologies. But you know what? We've been busy with that thing called life. But guess what? The Leafs are 2-1-1 and on the season. Four games in the book. Injuries are already a mountain. And everybody's yeah. already squawking about Mitch Marner, the salary cap, and more. And yes, ladies and gentlemen, we will break it down. We'll take a tour around the league and have a little fun. But let's kick this one off right now with a little happy note. Producer Clark supplied this one. It's a pretty big topic in Leafs land, a topic du jour, if you will. Austin Matthews makes his debut, is all jitters and happiness and butterflies. You look at Terry Koshan's tweet, it's the happiest they've seen Matthews since they went up 3-1 on the Montreal Canadiens. So what did you think of Austin Matthews' performance? And why was it not just masterful without the finish? Hang on. I think we're missing the headline here. You just got a gift recently from a very special person in your life. And I think we have to shout them out because that gift they got you was fantastic. So do you want to shout them out or you just want to leave it? Ladies and gentlemen, I have one of the the best wives in the world. Um, She blessed me, not with a child. No, with a PS5, which is almost as rare these days. Uh, I know. Basically, it was a huge surprise. Um, you know, it was from the, from my two daughters and my wife, you know, just thanking me for all the stuff we do around the house, all the stuff we do with our flower business. Uh, it was huge. Got an HL 22, been rocking that. Um, yeah, man, absolutely beauty system. I've been told many, many times how nice it is and wow, absolutely. Wow. And I saw the tweet you put out for taking notes and I saw the red X come up. So sorry, my friend, I think you might have to wait a little longer. And also, it's a nice freeze frame of you, but I don't think your camera's working, my friend. It's working on my end. No, you are stopped with a smirk on your face, and that's okay. All right, well, we'll figure it out. Let's keep rolling until it fixes itself. All right, so let's jump into the Toronto Maple Leafs. Obviously, the season's kicked off. We're four games in. Everybody knows what happened in Montreal. Everybody knows what happened in the back-to-back games against the Ottawa Senators. I want to ask you about Austin Matthews. You're looking great now, my friend. Here we go. Waves of waves of waves. Waves in the crowd because we're all back too. Let's do it. Woohoo. All right. So ladies and gentlemen, Austin Matthews. This guy for me came in last night, looked absolutely not out of place. Looked like he was buzzing. Uh, what was it? 16 shot attempts, eight shots on goal. Had yep. the great chance in overtime. Uh, was pulling the trigger left, right, and center in every which way was dangling, was grinding along the boards. The wrist looks great. To me, he did not look out of place. And from what I heard, the original plan was for him to wait until Friday against San Jose to play. And he basically said, fuck that. I want to play. I want on the ice now. And the Leafs said, you know what? If you're feeling good enough, let's rock and roll. And that's what they did. Yeah, you know, if uh, if you're ready to go, let, let's go. Um, I, I didn't see a problem with that. If he's feeling 100% and he's confident in his wrist, that is something that I fully support. Everybody says, oh, it's just the regular season. What's the matter? You know, what's the issue if he misses one game? I will bang this example for the rest of my life. The Blue Jays just missed the playoffs or the wild card game by one game. One game makes a massive difference. Did the Leafs lose this game? Yes, they did. Did they play a phenomenal game and their best game of the season so far? Yeah, they did. Um, and that was because Austin Matthews didn't line up. Eight shots on net, 16 attempts on net. What a fantastic game he played. I think he was like 13 for two on faceoffs as well. That wrist that's looks huge. fine. That That's massive. He looks good. He looks amazing. And he brought something to the lineup that nobody else can bring. And that's depth. 
because JT gets bumped down to uh, playing with Marner. Matthews is back with Willie. Everything just looked really good. So uh, I fully enjoyed Matthews being back in the lineup. Did he score? No. Did he come close? Yes, he did. Eight times. Whenever that guy shoots, he's ready. That puck's on net. It has a chance to go in. He's one of the most lethal shooters in the NHL. Am I worried about him? No. I'm sure we'll get into this. Am I worried about this Leafs team? No. Not one bit. Let's keep rolling here. Here. Here's the thing, okay? I want everybody to take that little panic button they got. You know how the staples have that uh, that was easy button? Everybody seems to have a panic button here in Leafs Nation. We're four games in. And everybody's smashing the hell out of that panic button, whether it's... Can I, can I flip yeah. the script on you for a second? Yeah, go ahead. Buffalo Sabres haven't lost a game this year. Is that going to sustain? Buddy, are you, are you going to take all my talking points for tonight? Because much as you think I'm not prepared, I actually have a whole list of things to talk all about. All right, sorry. Go ahead. I'll, sh- I'll, I'll shut the fuck up. <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> this guy doesn't trust me, ladies and gentlemen. That's what that is. <clears throat> Let's talk about the panic button, though. For me, it's everybody talking about Richie not fitting in. Hey, guys chemistry takes a little time to be formed okay this guy hasn't got a chance to play with austin matthews and mitch marner except for one game okay the guy he was practicing with all camp wasn't there to start the season matthews was his line mate at camp but he wasn't in the regular season it was john Tavares, different chemistry so give them a chance to gel michael bunting absolutely great i'm glad that he's clicking early that's just good things good vibes but then you go down the list and you go, okay, Mitch Marner isn't scoring. Guys, four games in. Pump the brakes. If we were 0-4 and, and Marner wasn't getting chances and the power play wasn't getting in the zone and controlling the puck and all those different things that we were worried about last year, then I'd be upset. Then I'd be worried. Then that panic button, maybe you could take the lid off the box. And maybe you could have your hand just, just to hover in a little bit. But I'd say wait until the 20-game mark to make any any assessments on this roster, whether it's on D, Carlo Koliakovo, absolutely dragging Timothy Lilligren. I think Lilligren's look fine. You know, for me, last night I sent out a tweet and I said, here's the thing with Travis Dermott. He made three great plays and three bonehead plays. Yeah. That's Travis Dermott in a freaking nutshell. There is no consistency. He can be looking like a stellar 3-4 D or he can be looking like a guy who should be in the AHL on a call. But that's Travis Dermott. That's what you get. But these guys that are all freaking out, go outside. Nick Barton said it best today. Go outside. Go do something. Get away from your computer. Get away from the screen. Go enjoy this thing we call life outside of this scope. Because it's a long season, folks. This ain't 56 games. This is 82. It's a long season. And like you just said, I don't want to see Austin Matthews miss any time that he doesn't have to. And I want to see him score and do all those things. You look at the article from Howard Berger talking about the fact that what Austin Matthews does in the regular season doesn't matter. Yes, it does. Mm -hmm. It's all about building confidence and building your game and getting yourself ready for those playoffs. So, yes, everything matters. It all coincides. It all goes together. But ladies and gentlemen, Take that little box with the panic button and put it away till game 20. I guarantee you, you won't even pull it out of game 20. You'll beat it with a baseball bat because you'll be freaking happy. Josh, am I wrong? No, you're not wrong. You mentioned uh, a, a couple things there. I just want to touch on one thing. That's about the uh, separation between the regular season and the playoffs. Um, if we're going to talk about the regular season being different than the playoffs and 
I, I think we can all come to the logical conclusion that they are two different games. We've seen it happen over the last numerous number of years. Then you are allowed to separate your regular season success from your playoff success. Because if the Leafs played like they did in the regular season, then they would have made it to at least the conference finals. Yep. So comparing a player's stats in the playoffs to the regular season is invalid. By saying that, for example, if Marner finishes with under 90 points this season, that's a failure. You're not allowed to compare his playoff stats to that. You can't do it. You can't compare regular season stats to playoff stats. It's a totally different game. Hit over yourself on that. Uh, moving on from that, just talking about the team in general right now. I'm not worried about them. Uh, two, one, and one, not a bad record to start the year. I think they started similar last year too, and they were on a record-breaking pace. So let let this play out. Let the chemistry come together. And we've seen, if, if you watch that All or Nothing documentary, they're not too concerned about – I don't want to say they're not too concerned about wins or losses because obviously they do matter. You do need wins to make the yeah, playoffs. In there. But they want to get – their style of play ready for the playoff push this year and the way they played against new york on um monday night was phenomenal i like the way they played pressure was on they shut down all the prime goal scoring opportunities they weren't allowing them into the zone jack campbell played fantastic high scoring chances in their own in the new york zone which is something they struggled with in the last couple of years the, the way they played was great and you know what you got goalied who who uh, who brought that up last week with Alex Hobson on our uh, lease preview season edition right there when I said the Leafs need to win those 2-1 games. They didn't win it last night, but they need to take control of those games that are low scoring like that and dominate. And but that's going to happen. In the zone. And that's what they did, though. They did. They kept New York away from the net. They, they didn't allow shots. Yeah. They didn't allow them to get any momentum or any pressure, and they kept everything in that end. So they did gonna... those things that I said last week. That's what I want to see. Yeah, Just they didn't lose. win. You're going to lose those 2-1 games. It happens. That's hockey. The amount of games that I played where we're down 3-2, nothing. It was just like, we can't get a damn puck by this goalie. It, it happens. That's hockey. And you're playing the game of your life. Yep. It, it happens. You have 42 shots on net, and the other team has 17, and you're down one nothing. It happens. Take a look at the Ducks. Like that's that's what they're doing this season. They're yeah. out They're being outshot, and they're winning games. It's like Randy Carlisle is still coaching that team, but it, it, it happens, right? Like it, it yeah. doesn't matter. It, it's the way you play. It's gonna balance out. Yeah, I'm sure everybody's heard of the thing called score effects. Uh, score effects. If you don't know, in a game, if you are up, say three one, three two the ice is going to be tilted. The other team is going to be getting more shots, more chances, more opportunities at the net because you are defending a lead. That is what is happening this year with the Leafs. They are 2-1-1, one, one, which isn't a bad record. I think they're third in the NHL right now based on points. Sure, some teams have played one or two games, but you got to go off win percentage and points and all that. If you look at it, they're either like fifth, sixth, third, whatever they're it is. They're second in the, in the league right now behind Pittsburgh. Second in the league based on points, probably sixth or seventh based off win percentage. Um you know what? It's early on. Everybody's overreacting. The only thing you can really take away from within the, I would say within the, before every team has played 10 games is the actual play on the ice. Then you can start looking at standings and stats and all that. Cause that's when it really starts to balance out. American Thanksgiving is about the cutout, uh, yep. the cutoff for final decisions. So, you know, give it mid November. Let's see what happens here because from what I've seen so far, this team looks good. 
outside of a period against the Sens. You know, the Sens games for me, I mean, you throw, you take those games really and throw them in the garbage, to be honest. Yeah. Um, you know, their early season games, again, chemistry's got to flow. You had a goaltender that blew his groin. You know, another guy come in, Jack Campbell. Um, you know what? Tip of the cap to Soupy. I don't know if everybody sees the uh, little trend going on right now where it's good soup. He's good soup, man. That is uh, amazing. I love what he's bringing. I love what he's doing. Um, you know, and the happiness. The happiness is fucking great. I love that shit. I eat that up with a spoon because there's so much, you know, cookie cutter negativity or, you know, humdrum stuff said with hockey players that, you know, him gushing. My wife was like, we love soup. Like, she's not a big hockey fan. She'll watch it with me. But when she saw Jack Campbell at the podium gushing over to Leafs fans, chanting Soupy, she's like, we love that player. In this house, we love soup. So, you know, that's the way it goes in this house. But I look at this team and, you know, I look at fans and I laugh because there's ones that understand things and there's ones that kind of don't. And I'm not calling anybody out, but you look at all the uh, people crying about the cap management here. And I know you have something to say about this. Oh, I got to talk on this. But um, I like the way CJ broke it down. And, and you know what? The Leafs are smart for what they did. They did it right. They played it right. And I think you'll see a lot of teams do what the Leafs did because that's the right way to do it. Now they get to carry the extra D, carry the extra forwards, and have Hutchinson up. And all they have to do when Mrazek is ready to come back is put Hutchie back down and everything goes back to status quo. They don't lose out on anything. They didn't lose anything at all. Now, would it have been crazy if Bishop had to get in? Hey, maybe the Leafs would have got their story with a goaltender coming off the bench out of nowhere and winning a game for them. But for me, I like the way the Leafs are thinking and doing things and, and obviously interpreting the rules because they have they've set trends a few times here. The LTIR thing, that was a Leaf thing. And everybody else seems to work on it and use it the Robida same way. Robida Island. Yeah, Robida Island, Yoffrey Lupul, the list goes on. David Clarkson, other teams started doing the same thing. You look at this rule and it's like, hey, Vegas could have used that last year. Colorado could have used it this year if you would have thought about it that kind of way. Of what, seven or eight seasons ago, the Devils could have used it as well. So the least seem to find the way to use the rules to their advantage, and it works. And this mm-hmm. meant they didn't have to send down Lilligren. They didn't have to send down Sandine. They didn't have to play a player short. They got to sign a UAT guy and put him on the bench. But the roster stayed full. That's what they needed, and that's what it would need to be. And Hall being sick on the weekend, imagine sending down Lilligren. Then you're short not only on the forward side of things, but then you're also short on the uh, the defensive side of things because then Matthews is not in your lineup yet. Amadio yeah. is great, but then you're still short. So you're getting guys to play extra. So I like the way the Leafs did it with one game with the guy signed from the UAT on the bench and you move forward. And now the yep. Leafs can go forward until Mrazic comes back, which is absolutely awesome. That's the smart way to do it. Now, I don't know what you're going to say, but I think the Leafs are pretty damn smart. Uh, yeah, the Leafs are smart. I'm sorry. I'm, the story was so irrelevant in my thought process of hockey. What, what was the backup goalie's name? I want to give him credit first. Bishop. Ale- Alex, Alex Bishop. Bishop. Uh, first off, shout out Alex Bishop. What a moment for him! Like the amount of effort that, and I work with, uh, I, I work with like university college players, and on the effort they put in just to kind of get a sniff at a chance to get into the show. Um, what a moment for him to be able to shout out with his family, his teammates, his. I'm sure he has a girlfriend or a boyfriend or whatever. He, he share that with him, um, him or her. Fantastic! Like what a great moment for him. Um, but moving on, like looking at the cap structure of it. Guys, 
I understand if you don't understand the move made, but all it takes is a quick little Google search. So maybe don't jump directly on the back of Leafs management because all you would have to do is realize that this was saving the Leafs cap space in the long run and not the short, short term. Look at the risk versus reward. The risk is maybe Alex Bishop has to play a period and a half against the Ottawa Senators in game three or four of the season. Game three of the season. Yep. The reward you get a shit ton of cap space moving forward until the other guy is ready to go. Till Primorazic is ready to go. So it's like, feels better. And then you get Michael Hutchison up there, $0. Yeah, $0. You don't have to pay anything for, for Primorazic, uh, for uh, Michael Hutchison to back up. So it's one of those things where, is this something that the common fan would know? Probably not. Is it something that could be resolved with a quick Google search and maybe read an article or two? Yeah. So I think we all need to do better in doing our research before we put out opinions on that. Oh, the Leafs cap management is terrible because if they wanted to call up um, Michael Hutchinson, could they have? Yeah, they could have. Would it have cost them a defenseman or a forward? Yes, it would have. Is that a trade you want to make? Do you want to trade Michael Hutchinson for Lilligren? No, you don't want to do that because that's what you're doing. Because then Lilligren's going on waivers, he's going down, and then you're losing Lilligren to friggin' Ottawa or whatever. So I think Lilligren's on Just take a look at it. I don't think he has clear waivers. Yeah, or whoever you send down. Yeah, I know what you mean, though. I know. Yeah. Also, the, the second part of this is the NHL needs to fix this rule. Why, for an emergency recall, do you have to wait one game? That makes no sense. In warmups, in warmups, let's say, let's say Mrazik took warmups and he pulled his groin in warmups and he can't back up. You gotta wait one game to call somebody up. Friggin' Joseph, Joseph Walls down the road. I'm sure he's ready to come to the bench, put his pads on, and sit on the bench and track the face-off stats for a game. Like just allow it. Allow a uh, I, I don't even know what it could be, but whatever you have in place right now is not good. It's terrible. You need to fix it and allow for a three goaltender rotation or a way to call up a goalie on an emergency basis where they can be in there within, within the game. And it doesn't hit against your cap because what's going to happen is you're going to have, you know, a David Ayers situation or a, uh, uh, who was the Chicago goaltender that came in? Um, Foster. So what was his name? Sorry. Foster. Uh, Scott Foster or or even uh, anybody really they're going to come in and they're going to let in 12 goals 13 goals 14 goals 15 goals it's going to look bad on the league or they're going to get severely injured and they won't be able to do whatever they do outside of hockey and it's going to look awful on the league what you need to do is be able to sign a ECHL AHL guy to a contract where if someone gets hurt in warmups, somebody comes down with, and hey, it's still a thing. If someone comes down with COVID, they can just join the team, no issues, no cap hit, no no questions asked. Yeah, that's fine. That's your backup for the night. Our te- would teams take advantage of it? Probably, but that's just something you're going to have to deal with and evolve with as a league. So uh, the NHL has got to do better there. There's a lot of things the NHL could do better with, but when this happens, it's happened twice with the Leafs now because David Aries won a game for the Carolina Hurricanes. So I, I don't know. Just fix the rule. It, it's your own rule. You can fix it. It's not a freaking law in the Constitution. You're, you're allowed to fix that rule. You can come together with uh, the NHLPA and figure out whatever you need to do to make that work. Oh, no, you're 100%. 
Well, let's move off the negative things. One thing I really want to focus on with the Toronto Maple Leafs, and that is the uh, the faceoff done. And this year, the Toronto Maple Leafs, I know we're four games in, a lot of teams haven't played a lot of games, but they're leading the league in faceoffs right now, 62.9%. And that was something, at least for me last year, I don't know if everybody listened, but I was on the Kerfoot wagon that, that needed to change. His faceoffs were abysmal. Matthews and Tavares were pretty good, but this season they're doing really well. And one guy I want to focus on a lot is David Kempf. I want to say, I said this guy may be a good offseason signing. I got jumped all over for the tweet when it happened. Um, he really is bringing it on the PK. He's bringing it in the D zone. You look at the line that Keefe is more comfortable using in the D zone, and Kempf is on there all the time. He's out there taking those face-offs. And this, to me, is a strategy. And I said it to Clark the other night. He finally got his line. He finally got that D-line he's looking for. He's got Camp, he's got Kasha, and he's got Kerfoot. And that line there is going to handle the bulk of the defensive responsibilities. But what are you thinking for the old face-offs there, buddy? Um, face-offs are an underrated stat. You need face-offs to contain possession. Uh, I like what I've seen so far. Is it going to sustain? You're probably not going to sustain a 74% face-off win percentage, but can you keep that within 50 to 60%? Yeah, you're winning half your face-offs. I like that. So uh, nothing to hate on there, nothing to like really like, but I like what I've seen so far. No, I definitely like what I've seen so far. And for the Toronto Maple Leafs, for me, this team, like I, I said in the opening last week with, uh, with Hover, is we need to make sure this team understands how to do – the control of the game thing where they're being able to dictate the pace. And how do you do that? You win the face off, you control play and away you go. Everything is a uh, tickety boo on that. So if you keep it rolling like that and you have possession after a face off, we're ready to rock. Um, just before we move off the Leafs here, obviously just a quick recap, ladies and gentlemen, we'll get back into a show flow for next week. But uh, for you, who has impressed you the most out of the Toronto Maple Leafs and why is it Michael Bunting? Uh, the person that's uh, impressed me much for the Maple Leafs so far is TJ Brody because he's been a silent killer on that blue line. Yeah, I like TJ Brody. Uh, but if we want to talk Michael Bunting, I've liked Michael Bunting so far. He's brought what? <laughs> I just fucking with you. Uh, I, I like what he's brought so far. Um, he loves he getting Zach, involved. Yeah. Is he a Zach Hyman replacement? I think he brings something different than Zach Hyman. Zach Hyman wouldn't take punishment in front of the net zach hyman wouldn't you know drive into the corner and try and draw a penalty uh does zach hyman bring more than michael bunting does yeah take a look at what edmonton's been doing so far this is one thing that bunting that's one does. thing is, is is the chirping the the talking yeah michael bunting at 950k for this year and next year is a steal from what i've seen so far can his style of play fall off and become dull to the opponents yes uh, if he's not putting up numbers, if he's not doing anything on the ice and he's sitting on the bench chirping Matthew Kachuk when they're playing the Flames and he's gone 0 0 0 0 for the, next, for the last 10 games, Kachuk's going to be like, okay, shut up, you duster. But no, definitely. Well, for if, me, if he continues to do it and cause, and cause problems in front of the net, then yeah, that's a massive piece for the Leafs. But uh, Michael Bunting so far has been very <clears> impressive. <throat> I hope he can, can keep it up and sustain what he's been doing. Well, Darcy Tucker loves him already, so that tweet's uh, amazing for Bunting. And another thing for uh, for Bunting, too, is he takes the punishment, he dishes the punishment, he chirps, he talks, and he puts the puck in the net so far. So I like those things. And he's not afraid to 
you know, get dropped or pushed or punched or any of those things, you know, he's not a soft player. So I like that in front of the net as well. Um, you know, one guy I'm a little wonderful on, and I will agree with Leaf Nation on this is uh, Jake Muzzin. Looks a little off. Um, doesn't look like the uh, the muzz we're used to. Could be just getting his season legs going. Um, who knows? Uh, you, you see him getting work, uh, always holding the hip, you know, past season. So hopefully there's nothing lingering, nothing there. They all play banged up and injured all the time. But I'm just hoping that uh, Muzz gains that step back because that's something I'm missing. Yeah, I'm not too concerned about Muzzin. We're four games in, and he's played, in my opinion, played well in two of them. So um, maybe he's banged up. Maybe he's just getting his timing back. Timing is a massive thing for these guys that play big minutes. Like Muzzin plays big minutes. Do you get big minutes in the preseason? No, you don't. And you haven't played since when did the Leafs get eliminated? Mid May. May. Yeah, like May. He hasn't played big minutes since May, so he's getting his stride back. He's getting ready to get back into it. I'm not too concerned about him. Um, yeah, I'm not. I'm not worried about Muzzin. Uh, talk to me at American Thanksgiving, though. Well, two players that I want to uh, to touch on here before we move off the Leafs. So one is Wayne Simmons. Guy's actually flying, loving what he's bringing lately. Um, you know, absolutely looking real, real good. Um, another guy I want to talk on is um, Nick Robertson. Um, this guy yeah. can't catch a break, and that's not a pun. I'm not trying to be punny here. Uh, he's out 10 weeks with a broken leg. Uh, he broke his fibula. Um, an unfortunate Looks like an unfortunate fall in the Marlies game. But he really can't catch a break to get in the Leafs lineup. Um, How's your dog? <laughs> absolutely clicky and great. Um, wondering what you think of those two players. Um, yeah, Wayne Simmons has been what the Leafs need him to be. Was he that player last year? I don't think we kind of got that full impression because of the injury that happened. Um, has he been that this year? Yeah, he's brought a spark to the lineup. He's played well. He's caused trouble in front of the net. He's thrown some hard hits. He's been difficult to play against. It's been perfect. He hasn't caused any negatives and anything to stand out in the lineup in a negative fashion. So he's been doing his job. I think I literally think half of his job is to be a voice on the bench and a voice in the locker room. So uh, you saw him chirping with Ryan Reeves back and forth. I would have loved to see how that fight went. Cause I, I don't know who would have won that um, probably Ryan Reeves, but I think Simmons would have given him a run for his money. So we'll, we'll see what happens there. As for Nick Robertson, I feel bad for the kid. He seems to just get, Oh, hello. He just seems to get injury after injury. Um, 10 weeks for a fractured fibula. That's that's tough. What can you do about it? Nothing. Was he ready for the NHL? No. Would he be ready in five, six, seven weeks? Who knows? But now you got to wait 10 weeks for Nick Robertson to be even be considered for a call up to the NHL. But at least you got Josh Hosang, Marley's legend, ready to come up. Yeah, well, that's one where they got to sign him to an NHL deal to get him up here, right? He's on an AHL ticket right now. So he's definitely got to move that uh, to an NHL deal. Uh, just so everybody knows, my dog is absolutely not calming down. Cosmo's all over the map right now. I love your dog. That's what you're hearing in the background. Huge Leaf fan, by the way. Definitely has to sit in the armchair and watch the game, so that's cool. But, um, yeah, they got to sign him to an NHL deal if they want him to get up. But, anyways, let's switch off the Leafs a little bit. Let's go around the league, a little bit of news. 
Um, Evander Kane obviously slapped with a 21 game suspension. A couple of things in there. Um, so the 21 game suspension for the faked COVID passport. Uh, what he had wasn't legit. So we get slapped with that. Uh, the Sharks are not going to terminate his contract. Uh, they do want to, I guess, have him back, even though teammates and such don't want him back. The other thing to talk about, too, is the uh, claims made by his now, I, I think, either ex or soon to be ex-wife. Uh, I don't want to touch on this too much, but they could not find anything to substantiate those claims. So there's no other you know, supplementary discipline that's going to happen to Kane regarding those situations. Um, so I don't know if there'll be, you know, civil things to deal with there, which is a problem. I, but, um, I don't think yeah. the NHL can do too much of an investigation into that because. Well, no, but yeah, you have to remember the Austin Watson thing, right? I believe it was Austin Watson when he played for Nashville. Yeah, but I and think. They did make sure that they uh, suspended them. There's a lot of things that went on there that would, you know, set a precedence for this situation that they would want to know. And if there was domestic violence if there was any of those kind of things that happened the nhl would suspend them even further because yeah, i do i do agree with that and um <clears throat> you know you're if he did do it that's terrible and you should never do that i don't i don't stand for that whatsoever nope. but uh just from the nhl standpoint they probably did whatever they could to their extent in that investigation obviously they can't pull records they can't um you know, I think they would, for, they would speak to the police departments, though. And, they and can, she, but if, if the police department doesn't want to get involved, then the NHL's at a standstill, right? Like, the NHL is, as much as they're a power in, in the world, they're not a legal department. So uh, pe people are getting confused on this as to why the NHL didn't suspend him for these actions. The NHL doesn't have the power to, um, because if it's unproven and not, and, and he hasn't been charged for it fully, then they they legally can't. So uh, if Evander Kane did do it, then he should fully be suspended. I do agree with that. But but if uh, they're, but the, here's the thing the league can do, and they have done previously, Josh, is if there are, if there is an open investigation with a legal department that is investigating these claims, or there are claims against that have not been substantiated yet, they could say that he's suspended or he's going to be out indefinitely until they are. You look at the MLB, uh, I forget yes, what I, I, I do. I do agree with that. But those um, things can come down but, until there is an actual, you know, yeah. knowing verdict. This sounds like the NHL is satisfied by what they've heard, either from. And correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe his ex-wife or estranged wife or whatever they're calling it has dropped the charges. Or am I wrong? In uh, I did not see that or hear that, but that is a again. That's a, a the the side yeah, point to what we're talking about the suspension, yeah. and not that the whole situation is a side point, but. That is something that we can't really talk on because we don't have any knowledge it's such of that. A sense, yeah, it's just to clarify with everybody, it's such a sensitive subject and we don't really want to talk on it until we get the full facts. So Yeah, you don't um, want to give any judgment on something like that. You don't want to cast yeah. judgment on Kane or Kane's uh, soon-to-be ex-wife or any of that situation because you don't want to put anybody's name at stake there. But exactly. for the actual suspension for the, the fake passport, 21 games, hefty fine. It's the most uh, lucrative suspension the NHL has ever handed out. I think he's losing, uh, I think, north of $1.4 million. So he's losing quite a bit of chunk of change. But um, you know what? I don't I don't know why you would fake that passport to begin with. I just wonder what it's going to be like for Evander Kane when he goes back to playing with the San Jose Sharks. What is his teammates going to think? They already were kind of, you know, not liking the fact he was there. And now it's going to be even more hot water. I'm hoping 
that it can be all smoothed out. And Evander Kane comes back, plays the game of hockey, and, you know, maybe his turmoil stops. But it just seems like with Evander Kane, it just keeps going up and up and up and up. And there's another story. And you see all the jokes from all the sports writers now. It's what else can he do to surprise us at this point? You know, yeah. and it sucks. And you see the meme of Dustin Bufflin walking by, shooting him the bird. You know, that's basically what his teammates in San Jose feel. few of them like that picture. So, I don't know. Um. I don't have time for Evander Kane anymore, to be honest. Like, if you're in the NHL, you're in the you're in the spotlight of sports. You've worked your whole life to get there. You understand what it takes to get there. And if you're not ready for to fulfill that role as a top athlete, as a role model, because you are, because you're in you're on national television at least. What if you play for Arizona? You're on Canadian national television at least what three times a year, maybe probably four, five, six. So you have to do something pretty bad to make headlines in the NHL. And this guy has made headlines three times this year. And the apology is putting out has been pretty much the same draft that he's put out for the last one. So Evander Kane, like, honestly, in my opinion, just get stuff, buddy, like figure your stuff out, come back. Like, I don't even know if I want you to come back because it's been, it's been gambling accusations. It's been, domestic violence accusations it's been that you left your kid with your wife accusations it's been accusation after accusation after accusation where there's smoke there's fire so i I don't know i just it's wasted time and wasted energy on something that we're not going to really get any results out of so that's something that the nhl can take care of and i'm not going to personally invest my time into it because if a vendor cake comes back he comes back i don't have him in any of my fantasy pools i don't really care how the san jose sharks do so if a vendor cake comes back whatever fantastic good for you yeah no we'll move on from Evander Kane uh, another player that, that has been in the headlines not for negative news but just hasn't been able to get in the lineup because of COVID is uh, Nathan McKinnon tested Nathan positive McKinnon. twice but big, tonight he will, he will be in the lineup tonight looking forward to that um you know we've been having some fun too by the way over on the TikTok page um you know tonight we got some rookies going now we got the the young rookie for uh, the Columbus Blue Jackets and then the young uh, guy for the uh, Detroit Red Wings going head to head. The names are escaping me. I've been practicing them all evening, and uh, now I can't seem to get it going. Who do you like so far for Rookie of the Year? Uh, a lot of people were really hot oh. on Cole Caulfield, but uh, oh no, 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 no! Cole Caulfield, you're cold coffee. You're what I have at eight forty-seven and at eight a.m. class. You are useless to me. You're irrelevant. I enjoy you for the first 40 games of the season. And then game 47, I don't want you. Trevor Zegras, you can take my Calder trophy. This is Trevor Zegras's trophy to lose. He is the best rookie in the NHL. Michael Bunting, I'm sorry. You're not getting it. Trevor Zegras from the Anaheim Ducks, who have looked fantastic so far, by the way. But Trevor Zegras for the Calder trophy. Call Caulfield, get out of here. It'll probably be Cole Caulfield, though. But Trevor Zegras is my pick. Uh, you know, Cider from the Red Wings is going to say hi too. Uh, three points. Uh, he can he game. can say he can say bye around game sixty-two. <laughs> we'll see. But it's uh it's Cider versus Chikanov tonight. Obviously, Columbus versus Detroit. Looking to see those guys go off. Looking to see Patrick Line light it up as well, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, He's looking good. May or may not have got him in like the sixth round of our fantasy draft. Nobody wanted to touch him because of last yeah, year. I don't want to. I, I, I agree talk. with you. I don't want to. 
I don't want to talk about our fantasy pool right now. Kurt drops injured, and I'm not quite sure what I'm going to do. Hey, I don't man. know what I'm going to do. Did you see the uh, tongue-in-cheek from Sergachev and Hedman? That was hilarious. Did you see I that? Don't know, I don't know what I'm going to do. I, I need them to put him on IR so I can not drop him. <laughs> don't drop him. That's, that's, that's I'm not thing. going to, but I'm kind of F-U-C-K this week. You know, it, it's crazy to think about the fact that you know, his teammates are smiling, saying, oh, he's getting ready for the uh, for the Olympics and for the back half of the season, which is which is nuts to think about, because, uh, you know, the back half of the season may just be trade deadline. <clears throat> and uh, once he comes back after trade deadline, you know, they can open up some spots. But I just I think know. him and him and Jack Eichel are going to look so good on the line. Oh, my God. Stop it. Stop it. Jack Eichel's not good. I, I said it and you all laughed at me. And now every pundit is saying that Jack Eichel is not moving until next season. And I said that to begin with. And everybody, Rod Peterson, Clark. No, he's Monroe, moving. He's you, moving this year. You guys all said that he's not. He's not moving. He's not he's moving, moving this year. He's I, moving I don't this year. So. Hey, what, you want to put a bet live on air? Let's do it. Let's do uh loser has to do a TikTok dance of the winners are choosing. Oh, I like that. Okay, what's the date? So when does next season start? So we just say what, the last uh, game October four. So it's trade deadline. It has to be trade deadline. No, because that's not for, when the for, season ends. No, you, you said season. Yeah, before. Yeah, but to him maybe for him to be traded this season, you it can has be, to be traded trade deadline. No, no, you can be traded after the trade deadline. You just can't play in the playoffs. Fine, the awarding <laughs> of the Stanley Cup. Ooh. All right, I'll take it. Why not? That is July. That'll be tail end of June, July. So loser has to do a TikTok dance of the winners choosing. Okay. Yeah. And yeah. And you have to hold the sign saying whatever. Jack Eichel was traded or Jack Eichel wasn't traded. Yeah. All right. I'll do it. So that's going okay. to happen. So Jack Eichel will be traded right before the Stanley Cup is given out. I stand let, by that. Let me ask you this question what oh we player... got some... oh shit we have some breaking news what jack eichel was just traded ah <laughs> what well, player has a better chance of being traded before each other would it be tarasenko or jack eichel tarasenko still wants out of st louis for me i think it's uh, I think uh... It's That's a tough one to answer because uh, St. Louis has started kind of well. Um, uh, Tarasenko probably moves first at the trade deadline and Eichel moves after that. But I I, I, I don't know. That, All right. That's, here. That, that's <laughs> such a dumb – I'm, I'm, I'm stumped on that one. I really don't know on that. Because I'm saying Tarasenko is going to win it, but that's okay. But the Tarasenko thing, I don't think the Blues want to get rid of him. I don't know. He doesn't want to be there. Well, we'll see what happens. I think Tarasenko moves before Eichel. Um, I want to know one thing for you. What is more likely? This is how we're going to close out the show tonight, ladies and gentlemen. What is more likely? Is we're not going to talk about the Habs? Oh, we're about to talk about them right now. Oh, okay. We're going to lead into it with this. See, now you just got to knock down my setups all night. I've been long. doing that. I've been doing that all night. I'm sorry. Uh, is it more likely that the Montreal Canadiens stay 0-3, or is it more likely that the Buffalo Sabres remain undefeated through the first 10? 
Well, the Canadians can't remain 0 and 3. They you know what I mean? Go, yeah. Do they, do they keep the losing? Well, look, Canadians keep losing and losing. No, streak. no, 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 no. Or no, a Buffalo. No, no. You're you're gonna you're more likely to win one out of ten than you are to win ten in a row. Um, Buffalo says hi for two seasons. They did it. They they won in ten in a row to start the season. Um, the Canadians have lost their identity. They got rid of a bunch of like they didn't get rid of, but they got rid of Deneau. Uh He they didn't get rid of him even like he left. Um, the Canadians Price are is, a mess, is what it yeah, is. Yeah, like like Shea Weber wants to go to LA. He doesn't want to be there. So imagine being a player well, who's invested in wanting that, to stay there, like Toffoli, or you know they brought in Savard. But like, any of these players. I, the, the thing with the Canadians is like they just made the Stanley Cup final and you lose three players and you can't win your first three games. I I understand the overreaction from Montreal Canadiens fans because it is such a big market, but like get it together. Your team is like they're a 500 team. They're going to win some games. Don't say they're never going to win a game again. Um, are they a good team? No, I don't think they're a playoff team, but you're not going to go 0 and 82. So relax on that. Just uh, wait the until Sabres, back, folks. Yeah, the Buffalo State and Jonathan, I, I got to shout out Jonathan Druin. What a fantastic yes. story. Yeah, what a fantastic story. He's come back and just look phenomenal. I actually absolutely love that Jonathan Druin has come back and is actually putting up points. So good for him. Um, and the Buffalo Sabres, on the other hand, they've started. What's their record? Is it uh, two? You know. Two, two and oh, good sure. for them. Fantastic. You start the season, you're making some buzz, you're drawing some attention to your team. I'll watch a Buffalo Sabres game now because I'll be like, well, shit, maybe they'll win. Right? When but if, the they started this, if they started the season 0 oh and 2, I'd be like, ah, yeah, typical. To be expected. <laughs> Sabres, I like what they're doing. Uh, they're due for a massive win on March 13th at um, Tim Hortons Field against the Maple Leafs because that's the type of game the Leafs would lose. Um, but, uh, you know, let's loop it back to the Canadians because we're a Leaf-centric show and we like to crap on the Canadians. You're, you're not a playoff team. You're not ready to do it. Are you going to go any two? No, you're not. Are you going to push for a wild card spot? Yes, you are. Will you make the wild card spot? Maybe. But until you get Price back, until you get Weber back, I think you're looking at something of maybe you're two wins below 500, two wins above 500. You're in that range. And people are going to take this out of context and say that I hate Carey Price. I hate Shea Weber. I just picked up Carey Price in one of my fantasy pools because I'm going to hold him until he's ready to come back because I have an extra roster spot and I believe he can get me some points. So Carey Price is a fantastic goaltender. The game is better with him. The Montreal Canadiens are better with him. And I hope that he is back soon. I'll say this about the Montreal Canadiens. Like I said, they're a team right now. that looks like they're in turmoil. You're right. Yeah. They don't have an identity. Shea Weber was Shea Weber was the identity of that team because everybody respected the ever loving hell out of him and would run through a wall playing with him. And that's why it was so emotional when they lost in the Stanley cup final. And it was a little bit heartbreaking for Shea Weber and Carey price for that matter. But you lose a guy like Deneau, who's your defensive specialist on the faceoff dot and really drove that second line for you. And now you're expecting young guys like Suzuki to come in and step in and take a bigger role. Now you have a bigger payday. That's pressure. Cole mm-hmm. Caulfield, now you're expected to be that goal scorer a la Patrick Line or Austin Matthews, Alex Ovechkin. Not to that ilk, 
but that's what is expected of you. You're supposed to be the weapon. They want you to be a 30 goal scorer and you can't put up 30 goals. That's what you're supposed to be. Where it's very early, he could still go on a tear. Oh, no, definitely you can. But I'm just saying, these are the pressures that are now put on this team without some of those key pieces available to you anymore. Deneau's Mm -hmm. gone. He's not coming back. And also, you're out without Edmiston on your back end. You're without Shea Weber. You're without your starting goaltender and Carey Price. Your backup goaltender is not very great. So for Montreal, it's not all sunshine and rainbows. But guess what? It's an 82-game season, like we've been saying all night long. 0-3, the O will go. You guys will pick up victories. I don't see you as a playoff team. I said that in my Canadian team list. I showed everybody where it was. I didn't have them ranked last. But when I do my weekly update, which has got to come soon, Right now, they're at the bottom of the Canadian totem pole. Even Ottawa's above them. They got a victory this season. Hey, this, the Sens have looked good. Hey, man, to Chuck's back on Thursday night. Let's rock and roll. But, ladies and gentlemen, this has been a hodgepodge show. We threw her together right quick. Obviously, life's getting in the way sometimes, but we'll be back next week. We'll have a little bit more structure, much like the Toronto Maple Leafs, after a few games when you don't hit the panic button. But, ladies and gentlemen, this is Offside Hockey Talk right there where hockey comes to talk. Trevor Stegris, Calder.